Welcome to Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning. Um, how are we doing? How are we doing today? Good, 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 good. Um, so I'm going to start off by saying I know absolutely nothing, so don't ask me any follow-up questions. <laughs> so, um, mostly about this first part. Um, I have been trying to get into astrology lately, uh, and I don't know anything. But I have these apps that like tell me things about the planets and, and the moon and uh, how that's going to impact my emotional state as a person. And uh, for a long time, I thought that was kind of BS. <laughs> like, I was like, Meh. what what do the stars know? You know. Um, but then I was like, you know, what do I know? Who am I to rule it out? Who am I to say that that's not real? I don't know could be real, um, because everything is insane, the galaxy is insane, existing is insane, so of course astrology is insane. Um, anyway, I have all these apps that like give me a prompt for the day of like how the planets are going to impact me that day based on how the planets were aligned when I was born, and the other day it was like 11 a.m., and I got this prompt that said, you are not capable of understanding all of the variables. And I got so mad. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? It's 11 a.m. You know how much of my identity is like wrapped up in my ability to understand things? Like most of it. And I got more mad because it was right. <laughs> and I had to like sit with that for the afternoon and like get present to my desire for control and the fact that none of us really know anything we're just guessing our best and like find peace in that infuriating infuriating <laughs> I was so mad um, but I was also humbled a bit offered a different perspective um, and it reminded me of something that happened in a work meeting a couple weeks ago um, for those of you who don't know my job I don't know a way to say this that doesn't my job that's not this one <laughs> is the coolest job in the world um, this one's cool too, but that one's cool too. Um, <laughs> I work at Cedar and Stone Nordic Sauna in Duluth, and I just get to help people take care of themselves and invest in themselves and relax and be less stressed, which is, that sounds cheesy, but it's like the best thing in the world to just watch people be less stressed out. Like their lives are just changed, and I get to just be like, hey, here you go. It's the best. Um, so we have cool meetings with cool people all the time, and uh, a couple weeks ago, we had this guy who's a publisher of a Finnish magazine come and talk to us about Finnish culture and what they were doing with the magazine. And he's talked a ton about Finnish culture. And we all sat there like just so invested in everything he had to say. It was so cool. Um, but he was kind of talking about generations within cultures and how oftentimes uh, cultures can start to die off 
because there's like this gatekeeping that happens of like, this is the way it needs to look. This is the way that it has to be expressed. This is what it needs to look like. And if you exist outside of that, it's not this culture and how that can cause things to deteriorate. And he was just saying how there's this beauty in allowing things to evolve, allowing cultures to evolve, allowing people to evolve. And then he passingly was like, anything that's living is changing. And I, my jaw dropped. <laughs> it was like 9 a.m., first meeting of the day, and he just said something that profound. I said out loud, I was like, I have to go. And that was not the vibe of the room, but that's how I responded. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about that in the last few weeks in tandem with the lovely update that I received from the folks at CoStar. Um, <laughs> I've just been thinking a lot about change and control and uh, tis the season, right? Like right now the earth is demanding that we pay attention to the way that it's changing. The air is getting colder, the leaves are changing someday sooner than most of us would probably like. There's gonna be snow on the ground. Uh, and there's nothing we can do about that, right? Other than change our location, which is pretty exclusively accessible to folks with financial privilege. Um, this is why you see a lot of wealthier families taking winter and spring vacations to get away from it, while the rest of us, like, wince when the groundhog comes out. The, you know the one from Groundhog's Day? Um, when he comes out, and he's like, there's gonna be six more weeks of winter. And we all, like, <laughs> um, but that's also, that's my favorite tradition that exists in all of humanity. It's just that adult humans are like, you know what, we're gonna let the groundhog tell us what the weather's gonna do. We're, it's great. It's the dumbest thing that has ever happened and I love it with my whole heart and I hope it never ever stops. Um, and globally, there are fires and hurricanes and earthquakes and other natural disasters that are violently informing us of the ways that the earth is changing and what we can and cannot do to control that. Um, there's nothing we can do to control that other than change our location, which is pretty exclusively ex accessible to folks with financial privilege, which is why we saw Ted Cruz fly to Mexico with his family when Texas froze over and people in the state he represents were without heat and basic, basic needs. Um, and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk fighting to go to space when California and Colorado, Minnesota, Idaho, a bunch of states and places around the world and the ocean were on fire. The ocean was on fire. I don't know if you saw that. That's, I can't think about it. <laughs> but the ocean is on fire. They go to space because they think that humans shouldn't be a single planet species. Excuse me? Uh, so, for those of us who are broke or broke adjacent, uh, this leaves us with two options, right? Uh, we can befriend or vote for or demand the attention of or become folks of financial privilege, or we can adjust the way that we engage with change. We can try to find peace. We can try to find Christ in the midst of change and discomfort and try to find ways to help one another, particularly those who are most impacted by the change. Um, and I think it's both, for the record. I think, I'm not saying I wanna be friends with Jeff Bezos, but I think I wanna get his attention. I got some things I would like to say. Um, and uh, I think a pretty normal response to change is fear. 
that, and that embodies itself in a lot of ways. It's fight, flight, freeze, fawn, pretend it doesn't exist. Um, and I'm not a pro, but I've gone through a lot of change in my life, and I've been offered a lot of responses, particularly by the church. Um, let go and let God. Um, God has plans for you. Um, you're not trans. You just hate yourself because you're a woman. Um, and other nice things like that that people <laughs> have said. Uh, and Chris touched on a lot of those last week and why they're not always helpful. Um, but here's a response that I've used in the past that I think is pretty all right. And I want to expand on it collectively with all of us. Um, I'm also going to not smoothly take off this jacket because it's toasty in here. Ns, 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 ns. No? Who needs it? I can also show you my Mean Girls shirt that I got at Old Navy for 50% off. Um, so when I'm in moments of change or discomfort, I often ask myself a series of questions. Number one. Is there anything that I can personally do to change or control the situation? And is that something that I think I need to do? Often the answer is no. Number two, is there anyone who does have control of the situation? If so, is there a way for me to communicate with them about the situation? Three, what happens if I accept the situation? Four, who will be most impacted by this situation? Five, are there any stories that I'm telling myself about the situation that are causing, causing suffering to myself or others? Six, what happens when I remove the story and I engage with the facts? And that's been helpful on a personal level as well as with issues like global climate change, healthcare access, trans rights, women's rights, issues of racism. Um, it gets me out of a freeze response and like into an active and present response, which is good and helpful. Um, however, I, I, in reflecting on those two, two statements, <laughs> um, I, I realized some ways that it could be expanded. Um, these questions, while they're helpful, um, they're all centered around my desire for control. And uh, I see myself breaking down my ego through those questions, which is good, and I should continue to do that. Um, but to quote Ram Dass, um, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I think that the ways that we respond to change or discomfort or things that you can't control in your personal life is often a direct reflection of the ways that you respond to global issues like climate change or racial injustice. And often, as white people, um, centering a desire for control in moments of change or discomfort um, might be rooted in internalized colonialism or whiteness or cis-normative, heteronormative, patriarchal constructs. And I think the issue, the heart issue is the same because when we resist change, it's an issue of control. And the question is then, do you need to be in control? Do you need to be in control? And as someone who doesn't participate in a lot of things because I like to be in control, I'm not saying that to shame anybody. I like to be in control a lot. And I think that's the problem. Um, <laughs> and 
If I'm incapable of understanding all of the variables, which is true, I am incapable of that, then that means I'm not and probably should not be in control. And I think that's okay. Um, because it begs the question, what am I in control of? I think most often I'm in control of the way that I show up. I'm in control of the way that I respond to and treat other human beings. I am in control of the way that I spend my time, energy, and resources. And I'm in control of the person that I am. And I think a lot of the global issues that I've referenced could be helped, if not solved, by each person choosing to control the way that they show up, the way that they treat other human beings, the way that they spend their time, energy, and resources, and the person that they are, instead of trying to control other human beings out of a fear of change or loss of comfort or power or money or privilege. And I think that applies to a lot of politicians and billionaires, but I also think it probably applies to a lot of people in this room, in, including myself um, and on the internet. It definitely applies to a lot of people on the internet, not watching, but like people on the internet. Broadly speaking, um, I think often the suffering that I experience in relational conflict is my desire to control the other person, their behavior, their words, their viewpoint. I think if, if they were just to say the things that I wish they would say or see things the way that I would see them or just do things the way that I think they should be done, then we wouldn't have a problem and the things wouldn't have to change and I wouldn't have to sacrifice my comfort or my time or my resources if they just fill in the blank. And if you're like me and you like control, <laughs> then a statement like anything that's living is changing is terrifying because there's too many freaking variables. There's too many things that I'm not in control of. And that can be terrifying, or it can be an invitation to freedom. Because if anything that's living is changing, then there's not room for my certainty. My certainty becomes anything that's living is changing. So, if that's true, that means I have a heck of a lot more grace for people who are evolving at their own pace. If that's true, then I'm not afraid of aging. If that's true, then I'm not desperately trying to get back to normal after a global pandemic. If that's true, then I'm not afraid of the changes that I might need to make in my own life in order to help other humans or the earth when the impacts of change are too much for them to bear alone. If that's true, then I have to get really, really comfortable with change. Because I am living in changing actively in this moment, and so are you, and so is the earth. And there's nothing that we can do about that. <laughs> so, I think that we can let that paralyze us, or we can reframe it. Um, we can embrace and celebrate the change and evolution of ourselves and other people. We can embrace the way that the earth is changing to accommodate for the ways that we've caused her pain. But that, that doesn't mean seeking control or comfort. I think it means providing for folks who are 
needing to relocate because their home is underwater, and that's happening. Um, I think it means changing systems and structures to accommodate for folks who didn't have the privilege of being at the table when the rules were written. I think it means getting honest with ourselves about the ways that we've internalized those systems and structures, which will require change. I think it means getting honest with ourselves about the ways that we've sought to control people in our lives, which hopefully will require change. But that's not scary. That means that you're living, right? And we hopefully all want to be living. Um, so I flew through that. Whew. Wowza. However, I'm going to end with a meditation, and it's six parts, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of talk through this. It's, it's about change. And so I'm going to read this meditation by Amber Burke, and I can't tell you the right way for you to engage with change. I don't know that for you, um, but I can share my thoughts, my experience, and provide some space for you to consider your relationship with change, your relationship with control, and what that means for you in a personal sense and in a broader sense. So that's my goal for the next little bit. Um, you are welcome to stay in your seat. You're welcome to stand up. You're welcome to pace if that's helpful. Um, you can close your eyes. You can keep your eyes open. Look at some trees outside or something. Um, but get comfortable in your own time. Lower your shoulders. Start to take some nice deep breaths. Um, I'm, a big one for me is unclenching my jaw. I'm like always holding all my tension in my neck and my, my face. So just start to focus on your breathing in your own space. I'm also going to stand up. So we can kind of all collectively take a nice deep breath in and out. Notice how your inhale becomes an exhale and the exhale becomes the inhale. This is always happening, usually without your involvement. But now give yourself permission to surrender completely to this process. Let go of any resistance to the movement of your breath and allow your inhale to become the exhale, the exhale to become the inhale. One breath organically becoming the next. Myriad changes attend each cycle of breath. As you inhale and exhale, your shoulder blades widen far away from each other and then move toward each other. Your rib cage expands and contracts. The ring of your waist widens and draws in. Let all of these fluctuations occur. Don't try to stop them. Throughout your entire body, change is always occurring. Old cells die and new cells are born. The food you've eaten becomes your sustenance and then your substance. Your very bones are being broken down and remade. Your wounds are healing themselves. Do nothing to hinder these processes, which are, after all, beyond your control. Let your body make its changes without any resistance from you.
Notice how one thought becomes another thought, and sometimes quite a different thought, in no way related to the preceding one. Your thoughts are always changing. Let go of any resistance to their fluctuation. <laughs>